Hi, this is Lisa Foyles from All That, and you are listening to Hey What's Up, the podcast. Pew, 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 cue the music. Okay, I feel like this has been years in the making. Lisa, thank you for, for coming on. Thank you for having me. I think we should start by saying uh, thank you to uh, Kim Enns, who who helped me get this whole ball rolling. She's a- uh... We have to bring her up. Come on. No, <laughs> I love Kim more than anything in the world. Kim and Derek are two of my favorite people. I mean, they're family. I have to say that, right? I think so. I think legally you have to say that. Legally, I have to say that. Um, for a year. So Kim, Kim Enns was a teacher uh, at my elementary school. She probably won't like that that I've known her that long now. Um, <laughs> but it's um, crazy because she's only twenty one. Exactly. Right. So she started. She was like the Doogie Hauser of teaching. Uh, <laughs> she so she left. She left the elementary school that I worked at. Didn't see her for years, and then I had her husband Derek ends as a teacher in high school, and then so I saw her again, and she reintroduced herself. Um, so I've known that family for years. Uh, Derek, which we were calling him Derek because there's always Mr. Ends in school, but yeah. uh, Derek and I still keep in touch. He moved kind of near my parents' old house uh, when I went to college. So I'd see him almost every time I went home. But for years, Kim would just be like, do you know who my cousin Lisa Foyles is? She was on all that. And I was like, well, once she said it, I was like, duh, I know who Lisa Foyles is. That she was, because <laughs> your group was like the cast that I grew up with. We're about the same age. So when you were on was pretty much the prime time that I watched all that. That's um, awesome. Cause you were on, se what seasons were you on for those? Um, I was on season seven, eight, nine, and 10. So I was on for four years. Um, and yeah, it's always fun to meet people who were fans of, of the years that I was on. Cause you know, I was, I obviously watched the show before I was mm -hmm. on it. So I was like, Kate Nickel, Amanda Bynes, Lori Betts, Josh Serverly. I was the biggest fan of the show. Um, and so I meet, a, I do meet a lot of people who are just like, I don't really remember your seasons, but I remember like Keenan and Kel. I was like, yeah, I get it. So it's always fun when I meet the fans who watched me because they're like, ah, I never watched Keenan and Kel, but like sugar and coffee. Like I remember that. <laughs> Which is one of the most, we'll get to that in a little bit. That's one of the most frantic sketches I think I've ever seen in the history of television. I'm not going to be allowed on TV these days. <laughs> I rewatched them. Yeah, bad I, <laughs> I rewatched them this week and I was like, how, how did they get away with that? That's... <laughs> I think all the kids that watch this now have type two diabetes. Oh yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I did that. What was it like though, as as a kid? Because you were probably in your in your teens when you were on uh, all that. Um, did it feel kind of like the Saturday Night Live analogy? You had the original crew that were like the original, not ready for primetime players, and then here you are coming in in their first revival. What was that experience like? They did a really good job of making it a smooth transition and staying staying true to the essence of the show right so they didn't just you know fire the old cast and get a new cast that's younger and blah blah and like who cares like they did a really good job of doing a nationwide search to find the right group of kids who could carry on you know this comedy legacy and you know we had members of the original cast on the show so we had keenan in a lot of sketches kel was back we had an anniversary special where they all came back um and uh, and plus when we first were cast they did sort of like a i like to say it's a boot camp although that sounds really aggressive <laughs> it was more just uh 
kind of like theater games type of thing for like three days. They had our new cast come together, learn to trust each other, go through a couple of the, the sketches they had written that were going to be in our show and just make sure we were really ready. They didn't just throw us on set and say, good luck. They, we talked about the, the old, I don't want to say the old cast, the original cast, the original sketches. Uh, and, uh, you know, Nickelodeon did a great job of making that smooth. I thought. And then you also have done a, a kind of a guest spot in the second revival, correct? Yes. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. So uh, when they announced they were going to revive all that for the second time, because I was part of the first revival. And then, you know, all these years later, 2019, uh, they're like, we're bringing back all that. I mean, my phone was blowing up <laughs> <laughs> like every friend I'd ever met, acquaintance you know, neighbor, family member, everybody was calling me like, oh my God, did you hear they're reviving all that? Oh my God, all that's coming back. Oh my God. And I'm just like, you know, I'm finding out at the same time as everybody else. And uh, I mean, I thought it was the coolest thing. Like it's such a great show and it could, it's like Saturday Night Live. It could be on forever. So mm -hmm. why not keep it going? Um, so I was super excited about it. I had nothing to do with it. I know Keenan and Kel were the producers of it. And uh, I, more than anything, I just wanted to meet the cast. I just wanted to meet them and introduce myself. And, uh, and, and thankfully I got more than that um, in 2020, right before it all went down, right before the pandemic. So we were talking like February, 2020. Uh, I got the call that they wanted me to come guest star on the new All That. And I'm like, absolutely, yes, I will make it work. And surprisingly, most of the cat, most of the crew and, you know, hair and makeup and wardrobe and PAs, like most of the crew on my show is still working on, was still working on the new oh, show. Wow. So it was almost like a homecoming for me. I got to walk in. It wasn't the same building, but, um, you know, they had like my pictures in the hallway from my cast and, you know, I'd walk in the hair and makeup room and Michael Johnston was like, Lisa, oh my God. And, you know, the, Chris Dangle and Wardrobe and uh, Beth Carell, like all these people who had worked on my show uh, were on the revival. So um, it was it was such a cool feeling. You know, I was homeschooled my whole life. So it kind of felt like my high school reunion. I, guess. <laughs> I don't know. Like it was like my reunion um, from my teens. Um, but uh, and then there was a part of me that was like, these kids are so young. They probably didn't watch my mm -hmm. episode like they I don't think they sat on the couch on Saturday night and watched my show when they were like three years old. I don't know. I don't know the experience. Um, but, but surprisingly, they all knew who I was and they all were so respectful and so sweet and excited to meet me and talk about my seasons. And um, it just made me feel really good. And uh, I'm very thankful I got to, got to be a part of that. Could you, do you think you could do, because I was watching a few of the, the revival episodes, I mean, I feel like any show you're on these days is a lot more social media heavy. You're trying to make those viral yeah. clips, which wasn't yeah. really a thing back when, when your show was on. I think it was, at, you know, right at the cusp maybe of the beginning stages of MySpace and, and stuff like that. But yeah. did you yeah. really have I, any kind of social media focus when, when during your era? That's so funny. I vividly remember Shane Lyons. Shane was um, a cast member for two or three seasons with me. And uh, I, re I vividly remember him showing me his myspace and i'm like what is this and he's like it's called myspace like all the cool kids are doing it. and i'm like i don't want that that's stupid um so yeah but thank thank god okay so there's two schools of thought right if 
social media would have been a thing when I was on the show, I probably would have had millions and millions of followers and I'd be social media famous, whatever. Um, so that's like, you know, too bad that didn't happen. Not that I really care about that stuff. But on the other hand, that was the show to watch. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like we didn't, there wasn't streaming services. There was two channels for kids, Nickelodeon and Disney. And we had Saturday night cause we had SNCC. Everybody knew SNCC mm -hmm. was Saturday night, live, Saturday night. So sorry, Disney, like we had Saturday. Kids didn't have YouTube. They didn't have all these other things to watch. So I think that's why we had such a huge fan base as kids would literally like run to the TV. Like I did when I watched Keenan and Kel sit down on Saturday night and just sit and watch the show and be glued to it. They weren't distracted by their phones and neither were we. So uh, I heard that, um, so the kids on Victorious, that was, uh, you know, social media was like hopping then. Right. They had like this box on set where when every kid walked on set, they had to put their phone in the box because you cannot use your phone on set, like put it away, like we're working. We didn't have that problem. We didn't have social media. We weren't tweeting. We weren't like posting pictures. We were in the moment. Like I vividly remember like almost every day of being on set because I was in it and I loved it and I had no distractions. We didn't have cast competitions to see who had more followers and like who was going to post this and cross promote to this. And like, oh, I got I got this comment over here. Like when you're 14, you shouldn't have to worry about that. Right, right. You know, from 14 to 18, I was on that show and I did not have a cell phone. And we were just in the moment and we, I'm so, so, so thankful we didn't have social media. <laughs> um, but to your point, it is a very social media friendly show. I know for the reboot, they chop up almost every sketch and they put it on YouTube and they put it on Instagram. And I mean, that's just super smart. Yeah. It's just the world we live in. And I feel like you kind of took off on YouTube after, after all that ended. Um, I mean, you have a huge following on YouTube. Was that something you adopted early after all that ended or was it something you kind of gravitated towards a, a few years after that experience? It's so funny you said that because I actually, I haven't posted on YouTube in a long time and I feel bad for like all the people who follow me on it. Um, no, so when I was done on Nickelodeon, I moved away um, back home. I was born in Portland, Oregon and I moved back to Portland for a little while to go to school and just kind of have a normal life for a little while because living in Hollywood when you're a teenager is not normal. And uh, I just wanted to kind of ground myself a little bit back to the real world. And uh, when I moved back to Portland, I kind of fell into this group of friends who were really, really into video games. We're talking like Xbox two era, you know, mm -hmm. like the Wii was just coming out, you know, it's that era of video games. So technology in that realm was like blowing up. It was more amazing than ever. Um, and so I kind of really got into it and I would play the games with them and I would learn all about the different consoles and the different genres of games. So I just kind of started making my own video game review videos and I would go to video game expos. Um, and then a couple websites like Kotaku and IGN, they would have me write articles for their sites. And so I just kind of got into it. And then I was offered my own show, like on the internet to talk about video games. So I just did that for a while. And it was just such a good creative outlet because obviously Portland does not have the same entertainment industry that LA does. So I wasn't doing as much on camera work in TV and film as I was in California. 
Um, so it was a great, it was a great new way for me to express my creativity. In fact, <laughs> I was so early on in doing that, that I remember I went to Kotaku, which was one of the video game websites that I worked for. And I was like, Hey, you guys should let me film videos of game reviews. Like you should let me add videos to my articles. And they were like, uh, we're not really a video website. We kind of just do text. Like, I don't know if it would work. And they were like resisting me, but I'm like, no, let me host a show for you. And they're like, no, nah, we don't do that. <laughs> and now everything's Everybody, video. Yeah. So like, maybe I was right there. Uh, but yeah, so I did that for a while. And then that just kind of transitioned into, you know, me doing more stuff on my YouTube channel, not just video games, but about everything. And uh, I never wanted to be a YouTuber or make a career out of it or really like make money doing it. I just, it was solely a creative outlet and social media really still is for me. I don't, yeah. don't try that hard on it. I just try to have fun <laughs> myself and what happens happens. <laughs> but I feel like for the longest time, it was like you and Christy Carlson Romano, like the two of you were the ones doing <laughs> so much of like that 90s, 2000s, like rem those videos on YouTube. Dude, she's crushing it. Like she does such a good job. I do not have the motivation to do it like <laughs> she does, but like good for her. She is like, she's she's like leaning into that like nineties nineties nostalgia stuff, right. and as she should because she's doing such a good job. I was supposed to be on her cooking show, and then the pandemic hit, and then I just haven't talked to her since. But I was supposed to be. So All right, Chrissy Carlson Romano. I know you're listening to this episode. First three. So invite me back. Yes. <laughs> Um, you were also on Even Stevens, though, speaking of Christy Carlson Romano, right? You were on yeah. early, early yeah. episodes of Even Stevens? Uh, or was what it? season? <laughs> I don't know what season. I don't know how many seasons the show went. This was a thousand years ago. But no, yeah, that's where I met Christy. I want to see season two. Okay. It, it was only on oh. for, I think, three years because, you know, Disney had that 65 right. episode model in the, yes. in the 2000s, which nobody. Do as many as you can before the kids grow up. Yeah. Um. I don't know what season, okay. but I was in two episodes of that with Christy Carlson Romano and Shia and um, Lauren Frost, who played Ruby, and she's incredible. And I still talk to Lauren. I still talk to Chris, Christy briefly, but um, still friends with Lauren on Instagram. You don't have um, Shia. That was so fun. You don't have Shia on speed dial? I do not have Shia. <laughs> I had very minimal interaction with him on the set. Um, he was very... Um, like hyperactive seems like a negative term, but he was just like everywhere. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Just like here and there. And then he would like skateboard past me. And then he'd like ride a scooter this way. And he was like that way. You know what I mean? Like he was just always everywhere that I don't think at any point I really was like, hi, Shia, I'm Lisa. <laughs> I was also younger than him. And it was my first real TV show appearance. So I was like so scared to talk to the, the stars of the show because I was a fan of even Stevens before I was on it. Um, so yeah, I didn't really talk to Shia that much, but he seemed like a cool, funny guy when I was on the show. So was even Stevens before all that? Yes. Okay. What? I jumped ship, started out as a Disney kid. And then I was like, see you later going to Nickelodeon. So when <laughs> there's no segues on this show, I'm horrible at segues. Who um, cares? We don't have segues. Yeah. Segways, no. Season 10 of All That Happened, uh, Nickelodeon decided not to pick it up anymore. Yeah. What What was your thought process? What, did you think about staying in Hollywood? You said you went to Portland, but was there a period where, because yeah. obviously Dan Schneider went on to make, you know, uh, The Amanda Show, Drake and Josh, uh, iCarly, you know, he he went on to Sorry, create yeah. all these. Henry Danger, all the, yeah. 
all the Nickelodeon classics. Did you think about maybe sticking around and venturing into that world, or were you just like, I need to do, I need to do something else? And and well, it's funny that you say Dan because he's actually the reason that I came back to LA because um, season ten had like just ended. Um, I did a couple other TV show appearances, but you know, like I said, uh, I just needed a break mm -hmm. from that very crazy industry. Um, and my parents supported that too. They're like, Hey, like, it's not normal to grow up in this environment. Maybe you should just move away, you know, get a little grounded, you know, just make sure you're not, you know, I, I wasn't the type to go to like Hollywood parties or anything like that, but that temptation was always around mm -hmm. when you're a kid star. Um, and that just wasn't of interest to me. I just needed to get away for a little bit, but I remember it was like the night or two before we were getting in the moving van and leaving, I went to go visit the set of Drake and Josh and I was in video village and Dan was there and I was telling him what my plan was. And he like looked me in the eye and he's like, you better come back to Hollywood. <laughs> he's like, you are too talented. I know that you need to leave for a while and that's fine. But like, promise me you're going to come back return to the industry when you're ready. And I was like, okay, okay. I will, I will. Um, and I never forgot that, you know, cause he's, he's big time. And if, and I respect him a lot. He's one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life. And if he thinks that I'm funny and talented enough uh, to keep pursuing my dream in this business, then I, I better do it. You know? Right. <laughs> so I always, I never forgot that. And I came back and uh, yeah, did a few more shows and now I live in Vegas and I still drive back and forth to LA when I need to. Um, yeah, I forget what the, oh, my feelings when the show ended. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it needed to end, okay. right? So it was like 10 years. That's a beautiful little package. Like friends went 10 years, you know, mm -hmm. we did 10 years of all that. We had this huge reunion special at the end where I finally got to meet Elisa Reyes and Mark Saul and Katrina Johnson and like all of the, all of the original cast members that hadn't guest starred, they all came together. Like it was so surreal, my cast and their cast. And, you know, it, it just felt right. It felt like the show needed to end. And I'm glad that there was a chunk of time before they rebooted it again. They rebooted, rebooted it, it, it. <laughs> Did you ever think, um, to go the way like Keenan Thompson did was Saturday Night Live or even at the time when you were doing this, Mad TV was still on. Did you ever think of going to one of the the adult, like graduating to the adult sketch comedy shows or was that never in kind of your your path? Um, It really wasn't. Um, I never set out to do sketch comedy in the first place. Uh, it just kind of became something I was naturally good at. And... So when the show ended, I just uh, kind of pursued the other opportunities around me, which were not sketch comedy. And, um, you know, I love the theater, but I, I'm not I'm not a huge improv person. You know, like if I'm in a scene and I know the character I'm portraying and I know the script really well, I'm fine with improving and um, exploring being exploring exploring the character and being free with the dialogue and just kind of playing around as mm -hmm. actors do. Um, but when it comes to straight up improv, uh, that's like not my thing. <laughs> I have like way too much anxiety for that. Um, I could never be in like an improv group where like you stand on stage and you're like, okay, somebody give me a color. Okay. You give me a type of car. Like that's not me at all. And I'm sure it could be if I went through the proper channels and went to classes and did training 
Um, I'm sure I could do that, but I have so many other passions that I just haven't, I haven't pursued that route. Mm -hmm. Um, so I really do believe if you're going to continue the sketch comedy route in the adult realm, you need to have that solid improv background. And I just don't have that. Uh, so it doesn't, I mean, I didn't rule it out, but it wasn't something I was seeking. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, we've spent the last, I don't know, it seems like a hundred years in a global pandemic. Um, <laughs> did, did that give you time to kind of think about what, what's next for you? Do you have kind of a, no, it made me mad. I was so <laughs> mad. Oh my God. Everything about it, dude, 2020 was lining up to be like my best year ever. Everything was falling into place. I had like new representation. I had new headshots. All that called me back. I had other guest spots. Like I was booking work left and right. And it was like, it felt like it was my time. Mm -hmm. And then it all just went away. And now I can barely get jobs to save my life. It sucks. Oh my gosh. No. I mean, so I, obviously I did use that time wisely. I've always been a writer uh, back when I was on all that. I used to write sketches, not ones that appeared on the show, but I would write sketches and then run them by the writers and they would give me pointers and notes. So I didn't officially like go to screenwriting school, but I took advantage of the very talented and professional writers that surrounded me when I was younger. So I feel like I kind of got some real, real, real world training when it comes to writing. So I've always been like, I think I wrote my first screenplay when I was like 13 years old. Oh, like wow. I've always loved the screenwriting format. So, uh, during the pandemic, I wrote two movies. I had already written one that was in the works and I have two more. And then I just wrote another pilot. So, you know, at least I, I use the time wisely, mm -hmm. but it's still just like to have it, to have that year feel like it was my best year ever. And then to just have it all go away. <laughs> I was so mad. Oh my God, I was so mad. <laughs> We're still early in 20. We're still early in 2022. This could be, this could be the comeback here. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, since you've been writing, <laughs> uh, since you have been writing, is there an uh, area you like more? Do you like writing more than performing? Or do you, you know, Ron Howard went from acting to directing um, and a lot of actors like to transition to that. Uh, is that an area what you want to stay in? Or do you like being in front of the camera still? Yeah, it's interesting. I'm one of those people that has just done not to sound braggy, but I'm really good at a lot of things. And that's because when I was young, my mom put me in a lot of lessons. I was in singing lessons. I was in opera lessons. Um, I'm a national champion tap dancer. I'm a ballerina. I'm, you know, I play guitar and I write and I act and I, you know, I just do all of these things. And I've always felt like I've needed to do all of those things. So if I'm good at something, why not pursue it? And it was um, maybe a year or two before my big 2020, like everything's working out year. I had that kind of realization moment where I'm like, I, if I try to follow eight different avenues, I'm going to be mediocre at all of them. Mm -hmm. So I really need to just boil it down. What do I love the most? And just focus on those two things. And it was really acting and writing. It's really what it came down to. So, uh, so that's kind of what I've mostly been focusing on. And, um, and I love it. I don't think I love one more than the other. I think they both complement each other. I think because I'm an actor, I'm able to write dialogue as an actor would perform it mm -hmm. and I can read it 
the way I would perform it and be like, oh, that doesn't sound natural. That doesn't sound right. That joke doesn't land. So I can kind of perform my own material to make it the best product I can. And, you know, and vice versa. Like I can be on set and uh, reading a scene and that writer in me understands what the what the writer of that script was going for. I know this is kind of a convoluted way of saying because I think you get what I'm saying. <laughs> yep, 100%. You know, the, act, yeah. the writer in me helps me be an actor and the actor in me helps me be a writer. Could have just said it like that. <laughs> Uh, I, I, although now that you said you have a lot of talents, I feel like we have like an America's Got Talent act in there somewhere (laughs) singing opera while playing guitar while tap dancing. I mean, I think, I think Simon would give you the golden buzzer like right away. (laughs) Or be like, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. Hell out. Um, I know, I think everybody's mostly going to be listening to this, uh, through, uh, audio wise, but you do have a really cool, all that wall decor uh behind you what's the story behind that all that behind you yes so to describe it for the listeners hanging on my wall (laughs) is a an oval it's not quite a circle it's like an oval uh black all that sign it's kind of like the mouth part of the logo for the show if you know what i'm talking Mm -hmm. about and uh it's plastic and it's pretty large it's like what like five feet across or something like that and it was the insert in the all that stage surrounding the neon letters where all of the musical guests stood and performed. Oh, wow. So, yeah, almost every celebrity guest we had on the show stood on that platform and sang their song on the show. And now it's hanging in my office, which is the coolest thing. So you stole it is what you're saying. Yes. Shh. <laughs> no. Isn't gonna like go on the internet or anything, right? No, no this is just going on Shane Lyons MySpace. Oh my God, Shane Lyons MySpace. That's what I, I still remember what it looked like. I still remember it was all red and the like scrolling text. You know when we were all coding back in the MySpace days. Um, but yeah, so uh, years later, after the show ended, I went to go visit the. There's like a warehouse of all the old Nickelodeon props and sets and costumes. It's the coolest place ever. Huh. It's in Burbank, I think. And I stopped by and uh, Ne'e is the man that works there. He's worked on all of my shows and he still works on Nickelodeon. And he was like, hey, I have something that you should take with you. And I'm like, what is it? I thought it was going to be like a little prop or something. And then he carries out this big, <laughs> all that oval. And he's like, this was the one in the stage. I'm like, oh my gosh. He's like, will you please? I don't want to throw this away. It's like so cool. It's like, I'll take it. I'll take it. So I hang it up in here. And then he also was like, oh, I have one other thing. And he showed me the massive neon sign for sugar and coffee oh wow like huge and he's like do you want this too i'm like no it's where am i gonna put that (laughs) like it was huge and heavy i could not fit it in my highlander at the time it was not gonna happen but i did see that it's it's now displayed and working i believe in the nickelodeon animation building oh wow so i want to go visit it and take some pictures with it that'd be cool Mm-hmm. <coughs> I get teeth. Yeah. Um, Are you okay? You need to take a moment and take a drink. I, Are you dying? I'm dying. It's it's the Boise atmosphere. I'm still not acclimated <laughs> out here. It's all the, you know, what Bermuda grass and hay and. It's the weird, yeah. Because I'm, I'm from, I, I told you before, near Seattle, so I'm used to yeah. your climate, and I'm here in like the desert. It's. <laughs> They call it the city of trees down here, and every tree here is fake. Like not fake, but they're they're not native to Boise. Yeah, the world is the outside world is just trying to kill you. Basically, 
Stay inside. Better than <laughs> <air> conditioning. <laughs> um, what was your favorite sketch? I know you were in a lot of them. You had the sleepover sketches. You had sugar and coffee. But what was like your favorite sketch or character you had from all that? Or the one that people like remember you the most for? Yes. Those are two different questions. They are. I, I will answer both of them. So my most well-known characters are Kathy from Sugar and Coffee and Claudia from Slumber Party, mm -hmm. the goth girl. Yes. Which was so fun because she was so opposite my personality. I mean, I was like this happy-go-lucky, bright-eyed, like fun, positive ray of sunshine. So the fact that the writers were like, let's make her goth and depressing <laughs> was so genius on their part because I had so much fun transforming into that creepy little girl. And I loved playing Claudia. And I, I think I still have some of the hardware, like the jewelry mm -hmm. that I wore as the character upstairs. Um, and I wear it to concerts every once in a while. I feel cool, man. <laughs> um, and then everybody knows me from Sugar and Coffee. Of course, what a genius sketch. It was never my favorite because it took me four years to figure out how to eat the sugar. Okay. So if you've <laughs> not seen the sketch, we are two talk show hosts who are hyped out of their minds from drinking too much sugar and too much coffee. And yes, we were 14. It's totally fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't worry about that, parents. We're good influence. And at one point, several actually several times in the sketch, we the giant mugs of coffee and bowls of sugar in front of us were not enough. We had to go to two orbs hanging from the ceiling, one filled with sugar, one filled with coffee. We would open up the latch and stand under it and just gallons of coffee, which was flat Coca-Cola. That was <laughs> gonna be my next question. Okay. Sticky, sticky and horrible. Oh my gosh. Ah, so gross. Flat, cold, gross. Ah. So the cut we would pour the coffee into our mouths, the sugar would come out of the other orb. And every time we filmed the sketch, after we opened the sugar and I was under the sugar, they had to say, hold, please hold, because I'd be over there like. <laughs> <laughs> I could not, because I was a dumb child, I could not figure out how to like close off my throat when the sugar was coming down into my mouth, mm. right? This is not a skill that most people need to learn. Or, you know, this is not just common knowledge of how to eat from an orb of sugar. In fact, I'm probably one of very few people who know how to do something like that. Um, so, of course, I didn't understand what I was doing. And so for three years, I just kind of like tried to eat the sugar. <laughs> like I just tried to like swallow the sugar as it was like coming down from the sky. And then, of course, I would choke and they would have to give me a couple of minutes to regain composure and continue on with the sketch. And it wasn't until season 10 where I'm like, oh my gosh, all I have to do is put push my tongue to the back of my throat and like block off my air passage <laughs> and just let the sugar pile up in my mouth and spill over the side. So I'm not eating it. I'm just kind of holding it in my mouth for a second and then spitting it out and going to the coffee, right? So it took me four years to figure that out. And then once I did, I figured it out, I was good. And now I'm sure I'll never have to do it again, but that is now a skill that I, that I have. And was that actual <laughs> okay, sugar? Wait, wait. Yes. What oh. else would they use? That's, that's my favorite so many people are like, was it real sugar? And I'm like, what else would the, would it be? What else could it be? Salt? That's not better. No. Okay. That's, I mean, okay. Good point. <laughs> like if you really think about it, what could they use as a substitute that would be like that? I don't know. Like any kind of powder wouldn't work. It has to be the consistency mm -hmm. of sugar. 
Um, but yeah, so the, the coffee was flat Coca-Cola and it created this, there was this scientific reaction. This was, this is much chemistry <laughs> as I did when I was younger. When you mix that flat Coca-Cola and that sugar and your saliva and it's everywhere, it just created this horrible, sticky, mucusy type of gunk. And it was everywhere. Oh my gosh, it was so gross. Ah, and the smell, like I still remember the smell. Um, so yeah, so that was my most well-known sketch, but probably not my favorite because of all the choking. Uh, but my favorite sketch was probably Together Forever. And we only did that, I believe, season nine and 10. And that was just me and Jack DeSena and two desks. Shane came in every once in a while as the Cupid and just, just like walk in, like shoot an arrow and then walk off. Hilarious. Um, so it's just me and Jack DeSena, one wall set, talking to the camera. He was uh, Bradley Dashman, the popular, you know, head football <laughs> guy, <laughs> head quarterback, <laughs> head, head football guy, the leader of the footballers. I know no, sports. Um, yes. <laughs> um, so he was, you know, quarterback of the football team. I was most popular girl in school, prom queen. And the sketch would be, you know, hi, we're, you know, we're the perfect couple and we're so, you know, it's just so gross and calling each other pet names and doing like little kissy stuff. And we'd read letters from like our adoring fans at school, I guess, like our classmates, like right as, I don't know, I don't remember, but something would always trigger a fight, like twice a sketch. So we'd be all sunshine and rainbows. And then all of a sudden I'd be like, what do you mean? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so then we start going at it. Like we're screaming at each other and it would always end with me tackling him out of his chair. So they had a big cushy mat on the other side and I would like, this is the dancer in me. I just like plied, <laughs> pushed off with my legs, tackled him across his chair onto the ground. And then we'd like, you know, scratch, 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 jump up and be like, oh, I'm so, I'm just kidding, sweetheart. I love you. And then we'd make up and go back to the show. And that was the basic formula. It was so fun because of its simplicity. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of sketches that we couldn't film in front of the live audience because there were just too many moving parts. <clears throat> And uh, there's too many things, too many resets, you know, like, oh, we got to film it this way. We got to, you know, stop and reset it and then do it again. Like there's too much, but together forever was theater. We did not need any setup. There was not really any props. It was just us in front of the camera and, you know, acting out this, this little hilarious formula over and over and over. And so we could do it in front of the live audience without stopping. Uh, and we could improv a little bit. Like there was one time where, <laughs> you know, we wrestled on the ground, stood up, apologized, went back, pulled out our seats to go sit down. And I, I guess I pulled mine back a little too far and I just bam, like <laughs> fell onto the ground, but we just kept going. You know, Jack was like, <laughs> you know, and then like helped me back up and I'm like, hmm. And, uh, you know, we just went on with the sketch. And of course the audience of kids are just dying. They're just dying. And there's like kid laughter is so satisfying. <laughs> um so yeah i just have the best memories of that sketch for sure i'm gonna have to go back and watch that one i th i vaguely remember it but that's i'm gonna try to have to find it on the ethers of of youtube later i think there's one or two together forevers on youtube okay I think. i'll have to find those um we're gonna get into the fun parts of the show now 
Not this that this hasn't been. been I was say not that this, this hasn't been so fun, <laughs> but the parts that you're not prepared for, I guess. Yeah. Uh, every episode up until now. Um, so I started this adventure a little over a year ago with with Travis uh, at SB Studios. Nice. Um, back then he was. I mean, if you were in studio, you would see he's behind two monitors. You can't even see his face. I keep looking over his. I'm like, oh yeah, I can't. <laughs> I don't know what he looks like. Um. He's gotten more comfortable, but he wasn't originally the most comfortable asking questions at the start. Um, so we always give him two or three uh, to ask the guest. How many do you have today, Travis? Uh, I think two, but the second one I kind of want to dive into a little bit. So. Okay, he's prepared for are this these one. Math related? Uh, are they what? Any math? I'm not doing it. Uh, zero math. I don't think. Um, so my uh, my first question is, uh, what kind of big Nickelodeon stars from back then and stuff do you still like keep in touch with and talk to frequently, if any? I still talk to Kel every once in a while. I mean, they are like the poster children of Nickelodeon, right? Keenan and Kel. Yeah. Um, I I run into Keenan every once in a while, but I do stay in contact with Kel. I put together a big all that cast reunion with the original cast and my cast. I mean, it was like six years ago or something. It was at Stanley's Kamikaze Expo in Los Angeles, which is turned into Stanley's Comic Con. It was like LA Comic Con, and it was so much bigger than I anticipated. Almost all the kids from my, uh, I want to say kids, they're all like adults. <laughs> like all, all the cast members from my seasons, almost everybody from the original seasons, except for Keenan and Amanda, I think were like the only two that didn't, uh, that didn't show up, but like Kel and Lori Beth and Josh Server, and everybody that I was obsessed with before I was on the show, they were all there. Um, and I would say I keep up with Elisa Reyes the most. Um, but everybody else I'm very friendly with on Instagram. Like I, if I sent any of them a message, they would probably respond. Nice. I feel like that's kind of, I don't know, it's hit or miss sometimes with people, I guess. Some people don't yeah. talk to anyone anymore. So, um, yeah. and then, uh, so before I asked like these questions and everything for the podcast, I usually kind of scroll through your Instagram and try to come up with some stuff. And I realized I recognized you from somewhere and it wasn't any of, uh, the Nickelodeon stuff. Um, you worked on a film set with one of my best friends, like two years ago in Vegas, um, it was the Ismahawk 48 hour film challenge. Yes. Um, I and you kind of did uh, and you kind of did a superhero role and I was wondering how that um just kind of what the whole experience was like I guess plus it's different cuz it's not really comedy um necessarily. So how was that whole like 48 hour film challenge? It was comedy actually. It was? Okay. <laughs> I watched it like 2 years ago <laughs> when it came out but I can't really remember uh, all the details of it exactly. But yeah, it won an award so though, right? I don't remember. It's all a blur. Okay. Um, I think it like, I think it I won, if I remember I'm correctly. Still fight, I don't think it won. Okay. But I'm still fighting with Isma, the Ismahawk guys, who I love so much. <laughs> and I'm like, why are you not releasing this thing? And they're like, we're going to. We have a plan for it. Like, don't. We haven't forgotten about it. So I think there's something in the works hmm. with that short film. Like, I don't know if they're trying to, like, turn it into, like, More. a series or a bigger film. Yeah. I don't know. But I don't want to, like leak anything because it's all speculation i don't know um but dude that was crazy i've never been involved in anything like that it's called the 48 hour film festival and every team is literally given 48 hours to make a film write a film produce a film edit a film the whole thing um and uh ismahawk takes it very seriously ismahawk's a, a film production studio here in in vegas and yeah, they just called me up and they're like, Hey, so, um, and I had known of it. Cause I think like prior years, people had, 
asked if I, if I would be available, you know what I mean? Cause everybody tries to get everything ready. So as soon as they, they say go, then they can have it all. So I had a couple of people who were like, if we need a redhead for this, will you be available? And I'm like, sure. But this is the first time I was ever actually called. So they called me and they're like, okay, so we're doing 48 hour. We have, you know, two different concepts to choose from. Can you come do it? And I'm like, hell yeah, like, let's do it. Um, but yeah, so I remember just like sitting in this conference room with everybody just like frantically trying to come up with ideas and like what costumes we have, what can we use? And they had cos- superhero costumes at their disposal because they do a lot of superhero fan films. It's like their, their niche. That's the niche. Um, and uh, so the Wonder Woman costume fit me and we decided to do like the genre we picked was like road movie. Um, and they give you like one sentence that you have to incorporate into the film so that they know that you didn't like pre-film it. You know what I mean? Like you have to say this phrase in your film. And uh, and yeah, like I am not one, that I do not stay up late. That is not my thing. If I could go to bed at 10 p.m. and wake up at 9 a.m. every day, I would be the happiest person in the world. Um, so that was a lot of like staying up till 3 a.m. and like improving scenes because we didn't write it. You know what I mean? I mean, they did, they did write it, but obviously like it changes on the fly. <laughs> And they're just, just frantically trying to get shots. Uh, but yeah, so that was kind of the first time I'd worked with with Ismahawk in a very, um, you know, chaotic production. But they were all so professional in it. It turned out really, turned out really funny. We were basically three cosplayers on the way to, on the way to like an after party for a, for a Comic-Con. And uh, we have some car trouble and we have to get out. And when we walk into the car fixing place the mechanic (laughs) (laughs) with the football guy there i know what things are called um so we walk into the mechanic and we see like a a criminal like a criminal criminal activity like somebody's like tied up with like you know tape and he's like help me and we're like oh and then we decide like hey we can be real heroes we're dressed up like real heroes like let's go in there and like beat them up even though we have no fight experience whatsoever so so yeah it was comedy (laughs) (laughs) but that was a lot of fun i hope they release it on the internet one day well i will i'll let my buddy know right now do you remember a preston that worked on set preston sounds really familiar do you yeah i'm sure i do that name sounds really familiar yeah Yeah, he was definitely i can't remember his exact like role on the set but like jeremy's like the big one that runs the whole like most of it and stuff and And so yeah he works really closely with him yeah jeremy and danny but Cool. Yeah, small world. That's awesome. What a small world. And that was my my questions, Jared. Okay. Back to you. (laughs) Hey, thanks, Travis. Uh, No math questions. No math questions. Geography or anything you'd learn in school. What's the square root of the Amanda show divided by? No, (laughs) I'm out of here. Shut the laptop. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Um, We always segue into our patented, patent pending pop quiz. Ah. It's five rapid fire questions. I think so far, 99% of people have aced the pop quiz. Yeah, well, so <laughs> <laughs> you haven't haven't had me here yet. Uh, basically, if you get the question wrong, one question wrong and, and don't pass the whole thing. Uh, I called it a car fixing place. So I don't know how much confidence and the football <laughs> leader guy or whatever. <laughs> I don't know how much confidence you have in your pop quiz. Uh, so basically, I'm going to become the new host of Sugar and Coffee if uh, if you Woo! get a question wrong. So, yes. All right. Yeah, have fun with that sugar bar. It's a doozy. Uh, all right. We're going to start with an easy one. I hope it's an easy one. Okay. Yeah. Question number one, because I've seen you do it before. 
on your on your YouTube series. Okay. Can you do the all that rap? It's just an introduction before body on mind. The show was all that, and yes, to do it all the time. So sit your booty on the floor in the chair, rounder in the air. Just don't go nowhere, cause everything we did was awesome, entertaining you. It's all that about the end, my crew. It's all that, sister, cause we're coming right back. I'll do this all day. All right, we're one for one. Like I said, starts easy. Audience behind we, the camera, you didn't even tell me about. Yeah, there's there's like 800 people, 800 people back here, including oh, Shane Lyons and his MySpace. Shane, so good to see you. He said he's too busy coding, so he doesn't want to. Yeah, he's actually a chef now. Is he? Re- like, oh, yes, I know. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to reach out to his people. Anything. I can't yeah. either. Ugh. Air fryer man, where it's at. Just get an air fryer. Throw everything in there. I've yeah. tried that. I almost burned down my place with my air fryer. It's, oh, it's a long story. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. That's probably why I should be making sushi. It's it's not <laughs> cooked. It's it's raw. It's that's easy. hard. That's so hard. Sushi's like really hard. Well, that's why I don't cook. <laughs> uh, qu- okay, so I got the first one right. Yay. Yes. Qu- question number two. Who is your, and this is going to be a tougher one, who is your favorite original cast member of all that and the favorite sketch that they did that you liked? Um, Amanda Bynes, Ask Ashley. Oh, okay. That is a classic. All right. Easy, 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 easy. I loved her. I loved her so much. I mean, I still love her. Like she was, I remember uh, when she guest starred on our seasons, like I lost my mind, like that, like Britney Spears and all of these huge stars would come and guest star. I was most starstruck with Amanda. Like I, I, lo- I like, I loved the Amanda show. I thought it was brilliant. And just growing up, you know, I would always do the, that's me. Like pretend to do Ask <laughs> Ashley on my, on my bed. My sister did that all the time too. That was her. Yeah. You're Ashley. That's me. <laughs> okay. So you're two for two. Question number three is going to use your your brain a little bit more. Oh, no. Because it's kind of a hypothetical. Okay. Dan Schneider comes to you, let's say circa 2007. So peak, yeah. peak Dan Schneider time. Okay. He wants to create a vehicle starring you on Nickelodeon. An actual vehicle, like a car? <laughs> yes, to get to the car place, the car fixing place. The car fixing place, okay. What would your sitcom on Nickelodeon be about, and who would you play? Oh man, something with musical numbers, you know, something that I could incorporate like my singing and my dancing talent and also comedy. So I don't know, like, although he kind of already did that with Victorious, but I bet if it was before Victorious time, I would have been like, I want to be like a little girl who wants to be a Broadway star, but just goes to middle school, which also kind of sounds like a little Hannah Montana. See, I was before my <laughs> I'm retroactively before my time. You know what I mean? Cuz now putting myself in those shoes, I was before my before my time. Cuz I know I know Dan you got that question right by the way. Travis said the Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I think I think I think you and Dan Schneider need to do something like Pen 15 and you should just play like a a 15-year-old on like Hulu right now. <laughs> but do it just straight, like a like a like a Nickelodeon comedy but play it straight. <laughs> <laughs> I know Dan Schneider's listening, so let's let's get the ball rolling. Yeah, let's do it, Dan. Come on. Um, question number four: What yeah. line or phrase gets repeated to you the most in public? 
Um, probably just people screaming sugar and coffee at me, just like it's time for sugar and coffee, like that by far. When I was at the height of like child stardom, <laughs> um, like kids in the mall would like run after me, going like sugar and coffee. Ah! So just yelling those two words is probably the the phrase that gets <laughs> told to me the most. Does that um, does that ever happen to you in a coffee shop? Does any barista ever just no? Because, well, I mean, it really only happened. It mostly happened with kids when I was younger, and I was not hanging out in coffee shops <laughs> when I was younger. And I still don't like coffee. Really, I've never consume. I've never liked coffee. I do everything I can to not consume coffee. I will drink tea. You know, this, they just make me. It makes me sick. You're from Port. Sick you're from Portland. In. Yeah. Portland, Seattle adjacent, like that. The, right, they got the, Stumptown. I know they got like all this amazing coffee. It's just, it's not for me. I'm not a coffee person, but, uh, but yeah. So that's kind of weirdly ironic that it, like I can't stand coffee. <laughs> it is because this segment is brought to you by Stumptown Coffee Roasters in Portland, Oregon. Oh yay! They're great. <laughs> Do they sell tea? I'll take a tea. <laughs> it's not. I wish it was. Somebody sponsor <laughs> this. Okay, you're four for four. Question number five. So this is the biggie. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the first sketch you filmed on all that? And what was it? Yeah, it was sugar and coffee. The very first sketch. Yeah. Uh, the first one that was ever filmed was a sketch called Shady Airlines, but I was not in it. So I watched it being filmed and I watched all of my, you know, the cast members that were in because, you know, they have to separate it every week. Some cast members are in this sketch, some are in this one, and then some are doing these cold opens, especially with schedules and schooling. Mm -hmm. Some kids can only be in in each one. And I remember Sugar and Coffee was the first one we did because in the boot camp, remember I said the little yes. like three-day boot camp before we started filming? That was one of the test sketches that they had all of us do. So they had um, Chelsea and Jack perform Sugar and Coffee. They had me and Kyle perform Sugar and Coffee. They had... Uh, like Brian and Giovanni and Shane, like everybody performed sugar and coffee. And then it wasn't until we got the script for the first week that I saw that they had chosen me and Kyle to do it. Um, so I, that's why like, I vividly remember that was the first one that we had done. And I was happy because we'd kind of been able to rehearse it. You know, we got to rehearse it during the little boot camp. We got to have pointers and kind of work through the kinks so that once you got on set, which is big and intimidating when you're 14 and in front of all of these important people, I kind of had my bearings a little bit better. Um, so yeah, that was the first one that we did. All right. I almost feel like that was a softball now. I would have not uh, assumed that would have been the first one. You started with <laughs> the a classic. The next question is going to be about like foreign policy or something <laughs> like that. Like, oh. okay. Can you explain Einstein's theory of relativity? <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you passed. You will retain. You Yay! will retain the hosting of Sugar and Coffee. You got Dang, all five I'm right. So smart. Uh, I probably didn't know I was the smart one that you asked me to be a part of this. I mean, you related to two teachers, so I kind of assumed. That's true. So yeah, they're probably feeding in the answers in the in a. I don't even know. What Actually, they call if the anything, I think they've made me dumber <laughs> for sure. We're always, <laughs> we're. <laughs> We do a lot of consuming beverages uh -huh. when we're around each other. So I think that she's probably a bad influence and we do 
we make poor choices when we're, when we're around each other. That's <laughs> so funny. if anything, my intelligence has gone down by having them be a part of my family. And I want you to cut that part out and just email them. <laughs> Travis, can you just Travis get on that part? Cause yeah, that'd be funny. Um, Derek made me dumb. <laughs> oh man. I really want you to see the sketch I made with Derek. I know I talked about it earlier, but it's, it's it. the funniest thing. Um, the last thing before we get to where you asked me some questions, yeah. um, you live in Vegas. Yes. And I know the show is not primarily filmed in Vegas, but CSI has been revived and got picked up for a second season. Um, as my friends know, I'm one of the biggest CSI fans of all time. Okay. If CSI were to come calling, would you would you hop on the CSI train? Like be on the show? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I'll tell you what about another thing about that. <clears throat> so I'm also well, I used to be like a big CSI fan. I haven't watched it lately, but back when it was like, I feel like back when I had like cable or like you scroll through <laughs> like the channels. Now I just have like Netflix or whatever, but like you scroll through and like see what's on. Like there was always one, like couple channels that played like nothing but CSI. Mm-hmm. So you would just like sit and watch like 12 episodes of CSI <laughs> and wonder why you're, where the time went. Um, and it was all like CSI Vegas. Cause that was the original, right? right yep. Vegas. I had never been to Vegas. I did not know anything about it. Um, so I was like, oh man, you know, that stripper was left in that gutter, whatever. <laughs> but then when I moved to Vegas, it became twice as terrifying because I knew all of the locations they were talking about. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, oh, this happened at, you know, Tropicana and whatever. And I'd be like, oh my God, I know that intersection. <laughs> she died there. Oh. <laughs> it made it so much more real. Once I lived here, I bet there's a. I have a, a a bit in my stand-up about how I can never go to a city with a CSI or an NCIS or a Law and Order because I'd be the murder victim. <laughs> I, this is actually not even a joke. I planned a trip to Las Vegas about two and a half years ago, right before the pandemic. Pandemic happened, and then CBS announced they were bringing back uh, CSI, and I was like, "Well, I can never go. I can never go to Vegas right. now. I will <laughs> never. Right. As long as that show is on." new episodes i will never step foot in vegas oh come on it's great i will do it it'll bring the show to life it'll make it real yeah i'll get there murdered it'll be fun (laughs) watch the day it happens you're gonna see me on the news just dead you'll get murdered that often in vegas 300 and 345 episodes now of csi (laughs) vegas so that's at least vegas is amazing it's um it's the entertainment capital of the world. There's a million things to do here. Says somebody that doesn't stay up past 9 p.m., 10 p.m. Yeah, there's plenty of things to do that's not clubbing. Like, I do <laughs> not club. I have no interest in clubbing. Um, I like going to the shows. I like exploring the buildings, you know, watching the Bellagio Fountains, seeing the volcano. Um, obviously, you know, there's, like, really, uh, like, I don't want to demean them because they <laughs> all are meaningful. But, like cheesy shows you mm-hmm. know what i mean like little in little showrooms on the strip there's like a magic show over here and like a celebrity impersonator show over here and you know they're not winning grammys but like, <laughs> you know some of the singers here are super fun to watch there's like a nirvana cover band called like smells like nirvana or something you know oh, what i mean funny. it's just like a fun saturday night to just like go drink beer and watch a Nirvana cover band because we have all of those things 
at, at our fingertips in Vegas. Like it's all here. That's true. There's never, you never run out of things to do, but even for cheap, you know, and the food. Yes. There's all of the food here. <laughs> um, always at the end of the episode, I switch things around that the guest asked me a few questions. Uh, hopefully, hopefully you have some doozies. The last few weeks, last few weeks have really put the uh, pressure on me. So, uh, Ooh. no pressure. So this was, I'm going to start with one of my favorite questions that's ever been asked of me. Cause I feel like my imagination just runs wild. Uh, I guess I should start with saying, do you play video games? Uh, yes. Caveat. I suck at them. It doesn't matter how good okay. you are. Okay. At them, if you play them. If you could live in any video game world, what would it be? And keep in mind, all of the dangers and all of the enemies are there. So mm. is there any world you would want to live in? Mm. I, I think first, because this explains a lot about me, um, I've tried to play Halo for the last 20 years. Um, and this was before, I guess, open world games were a thing. Because uh-huh. I would always look at like the scenery in the background of Halo and be like, oh, I want to go over there and go yeah. off the cliff and die. Oh, right. But so you're I, trying to explore. You're trying to. So yeah. I think I'd want to go into the Halo world to see what's actually beyond beyond the horizon. Nice. That's a good answer. Uh, there are a lot of enemies, though. There. Exactly. So, again, just like CSI, I would probably die in the first five minutes. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, my favorite game is Monkey Island, as the secret of Monkey Island, which is like an old point and click adventure. And they've had five games. And it's this like tropical setting with pirates and comedy. It's like one of the funniest games ever made. And I always say that I'd like to live in the Tri Island area of the Monkey Island games because I'd just be cracking jokes and being a pirate and be awesome. So, was, that's my answer. Was that on like PC? Yes, started on PC. Okay. And then they remastered it. Um, and Telltale uh, bought mm-hmm. the rights. And Telltale put out like a s- episodic um, version of it. Uh, and uh, like called Tales of Monkey Island. And now it's like uh, it's like on Xbox and the, the consoles. You can play it on there because it's all remastered and everything. Huh. But, I'll, I'll have uh, to yeah, check it out. I'll have to check it out. You should. Okay. Um, this is more, this is less kooky. Um, who's your favorite film director? And like why? Oh, just one because that's so tough yeah if you have to pick one uh probably christopher nolan okay i know he's still relatively i I mean i wouldn't say a newcomer but obviously in this grand scheme of movies you know he's only been around for 20 or so years compared to a spielberg who's been around since like the 70s or a scorsese but man inception is a movie i can talk about all day every day about if that top was actually spinning at the end of the movie. Right. <laughs> and then have you seen Tenet? Yes. Like he even said- I think <laughs> you get done watching, you're like, did I watch that? He <laughs> said that and- Is it? <laughs> I think they tie together. I think he said they there's parts of, of Tenet that could tie into Inception. So I'm just waiting till like the third one where they tie it all together. Cause I feel Dude, like- I so believe it. Like even in, on a much, much, much smaller scale, even in like the stuff I've written that are completely separate projects. I'm like, I wonder if I could like tie them together somehow. Like, can I have a reference of one film and the other one? And like, yeah, I think that'd be really fun. No, um, I am a Wes Anderson girl. Oh, that's a good one. All right. Um, do you have a favorite stand-up comedian? I know you said that you do stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. Do you have uh, somebody you idolize? Yeah, so last, I talked about Ron White a few weeks ago because of his business. He, he's, like, really smart. If you watch Ron White before 
blue collar and mm. after blue collar like he's not really a blue collar comic and you listen to his interviews like he saw the opportunity joined them made a lot of money and then yeah. he, like super smart but like in in sheer terms of like comedy Man, I it's gonna sound it's gonna sound like I'm kissing ass because I've had her on my show, and I've opened for her, but uh, Kristen Key, um, she's a musical comedian. Um, you should look her up. It's Kristen with an I, two eyes. She is. I will. One of the funniest, funniest comedians I've ever seen, and I've seen her in like four different cities. She's hilarious. Nice. Yeah, I love female comics. That's great. Um. Yeah, currently I'm like a huge Nate Bargatze fan. Oh, uh huh. He just that guy is so funny. Oh my gosh! I think he just and, came uh, to Spokane. He did. I did. I heard that. I heard that he just went. In fact, I think him and Derek just went to go see him. Oh, <laughs> they were like photos <laughs> on Facebook. They're like they got to see him. Like, how dare they not take me? Even though I don't live anywhere near them. Um, yeah, I like Nate Bargatze. I like Ryan Hamilton. Um, I like uh, Chris D'Elia a lot. I follow him. And Theo Vaughn is has like the weirdest brain I've mm -hmm. ever I've ever experienced in my life. Okay. Um, are you a cake guy or a pie guy? This is cake. the most important question. Cake. Just straight up didn't even think about it. Just no. cake, like screw pie. Don't want it. Just take it away. Oh, is that a pie? Get it out of here. <laughs> Pretty much. Which is yeah. weird. My mom's the opposite. My mom loves pie. Yeah, I think I'd pick pie actually. She's uh this is gonna be what she's gonna listen to this episode. Like, why did you say this on, on air? She's glued <laughs> She became gluten intolerant like six years ago, so she can't eat pie anymore. She hasn't found like a gluten-free pie crust that she likes. Oh, so like every time she sees a commercial for Sherry's, she's like, I hate the world right now. That pie looks oh. amazing. And I'm even obsessed with baking shows. Like Great British Bake Off mm -hmm. is like my jam. Oh, I love that. <laughs> uh, but still, if it was in front of me, I'd probably be like, yeah, I'll take the pie. <laughs> Have you seen I'm that? i watch eight hours of a, of a cake baking show, <laughs> and then I'll take the pie. <laughs> There's that new Netflix show. Is it a cake or something like that? I have not seen it yet, but I I saw it advertised. I'm like, oh, that's going in the queue. Gonna definitely watch that for sure. And that dude that makes school that school of chocolate show where he makes the crazy stuff out of chocolate. I'll have to Count. look. At, I haven't heard of that one. Um. Yeah, I think it's called School of Chocolate or something. I don't know. Um. Okay. And finally, what's the last song you listened to? Uh. Oh. Let's see. Uh, I think it was Overpass Graffiti. Well, technically the all that theme music. Well, yeah, that's true. All it right. Count. <laughs> that's all I listen to in my cards. The theme song of all that. Just on a loop. Have you seen those videos <laughs> where it's like uh, they ask random people on the sidewalk, like, what are you listening to right now? And then people have just started doing jokes of it. And it'll just be like 10 hour loop of like an opening theme song to a show or like something like that. It's pretty funny. Dude, there is a guy. Hold on. I have to look him up because I have to. I have to give him a shout out. His name is Max Castillo, Castillo. And he just recently posted uh, a video on Instagram, TikTok, whatever, of um, like a little sketch. So basically like he's coming in the room and he's like, hey, so we need a theme song for like this silly kids sketch comedy show. So, you know, just like something simple. Mm -hmm. And then he cuts to like him at the music desk, like at the piano or whatever. And he's like, you mean like this? And he, he like hits the button and he's like, oh, ah, ah, like it starts thinking they're both just like, they start just getting down to it. It is so funny. Uh, man, I love when people post 
like throw back all that stuff. Cause there's a lot of it. Like people send me a lot of TikToks of, you know, people doing all that characters or like referencing it or whatever. And um, yeah, it's fun. It's fun to like this, like people keep the show alive, mm-hmm. you know? That's awesome. Uh, one question before we kind of give everybody your, your where to follow you. Um, Cause I, I was a huge office fan when it was on and uh, somebody asked John Krasinski uh, who played Jim kind of the, I'm, I'm going to butcher it probably, but like if, if, that character is the only thing you remembered for, for the rest of your life. Would you be upset about it? And he said, no, you know, you hear these people in Hollywood that, that might be known for just the one thing and they hate yeah. it. Is yeah. all that, is all that something that, that you, if that's the only thing you're known for the rest of your life, is that something you're going to be proud of or. I will be proud of it till the day <laughs> I die. I never, ever get tired of talking about all that. And I never will. It was four of the most impactful years of my entire life. I mean, like I said, I didn't go to traditional school. I was homeschooled. Mm -hmm. So that cast was my family. They were, that was like my high school. And I, you know, they were my family. They were my best friends. Um, We told each other everything. We had silly fights. You know, there was just all the high school stuff that was happening on our set. I love them all to death. I'm so proud of the work that we, that we did and the sketches that we made and the crew and everybody who worked on the show, like, I'm, I'm going to be a grandma. <laughs> like, somebody's <laughs> going to be like, Hey, weren't you on all that? And I was like, yes, sit down and for five hours. And I will tell you every detail. of it. Let me tell I'm you a story. So proud to have been a part of it. Huh? It's like, let me tell you a story and just start. Yeah, rap- let me tell you a story. And just start yeah, wrapping the. <laughs> um, where where can people follow you? I was following you on. I know you have an Instagram, and and Travis knows I'm a little upset. I I am like the the advocate for Twitter, and I got recently. Uh, recently no, got, Twitter got, is bad. I got banned on Twitter. Why is Twitter I bad? Uh, Twitter is my life. As a comedian, Twitter is my lifeblood. Why don't you like Twitter? Yeah, because it's evil, and everybody's evil. <laughs> <laughs> there should you should not have that much access to people. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> People are mean on Twitter. Oh my gosh, I can't stand it. Um, at least like Instagram's a little bit better and you have a little more control over comments and like what people are, you know. This is not whatever. a face for Instagram. This is a face yeah, for I'm Twitter. Sure it is. It just doesn't have to be you. I mean, of course you can post selfies, you post, you know, your studio, like behind the scenes stuff. It's so much better. Twitter is just like a cesspool these days. I feel like that's so, Facebook. Yes, um, I feel like Facebook has become a cesspool though of. I don't really use Facebook. It's kind of just like where my parents, like where my <laughs> family like post political stuff. So like, I don't want any part of it. <laughs> I, don't really use I have a public Facebook, but I, pr- I pretty much just like post to it, check the comments every once in a while. And then that's it. Like, I don't really do much for it. Um, but Instagram is where I'm the most active. So follow me on Instagram at least foils and not on Twitter because I don't check it anymore. And then <laughs> what's the other one? There's no, there's more. I'm not really on TikTok, even though I was like kind of pressured into getting one. I'm at least foils. If you've, maybe I'll start posting on there. I don't know. Um, but yeah, and then Facebook is slash least foils official. And I also have a book that I have written. Oh, it is a middle grade fiction novel called Ash Ridley and the Phoenix. It's very, it's very Harry Potter book one. So kind of that age range. So if you have um kids who love fantasy who are ages you know between like 12 and 15 like kind of in there um pick up a copy it's super cheap it's on amazon and hopefully they will like it i had fun writing it and the feedback has been really amazing 
So yeah, buy my book and follow me and say hi to me on Instagram, not Twitter, because I'm not going back to Twitter because it's evil. <laughs> and what about for those that want to see all the, because the, you haven't posted lately, but YouTube, because you were still have a huge oh, yeah. presence on YouTube. Yeah, I know. Maybe one day I'll start po posting more on YouTube. I just don't really have time. Like I used to, I used to like every single week, like plan out a YouTube video and get all hair and makeup ready and set up my lights. Like, I don't have a producer like you. I'm not big time. <laughs> I was the one woman production. Um, so now I like don't really have time to like do the whole setup and make videos like I used to. And I'm such a perfectionist that I'm like, if I'm going to make a video, I want it to be perfect. I want it to be planned out. I'm not just going to be like, hey, guys, going to Target. Let's find out what I'm going to buy. Like, that's just like not me. <laughs> Um, so yes, my YouTube is just, I believe it's just Lisa Foils and follow me there. If you want to, I have a great, like, I might not be posting, um, like recent stuff, but there's a lot of evergreen content on there. I talk about a ton of behind the scenes stuff of all that. I have Katrina on one episode. I have Alisa on mm -hmm. another episode. I show videos that I've never posted before. Um, and yeah, just like just super fun stuff. So go check it out guys. Awesome. Uh, so this is a wrap on season two of the podcast. I, I just Woo, showed that. Congratulations. Yes. So thank you for coming on. Thank you. Uh, we just launched a Patreon, which is why I got banned on Twitter. <laughs> I shared it to one too many times. Uh, so thank you, Ashley, Garrett, Jen Adams, Alexandria, for subscribing to the Patreon so we can get keep get guests like Lisa on. Lisa, thank you so much uh, for being here. Thank you so much for having me. This was a ton of fun, and I really appreciate you not asking me any math questions. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we will see you guys uh, in a few weeks. This has been Hey, What's Up? The podcast. <laughs>